There's a rain stream the heart is on the fire When rain and the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where it used to be in this memory, see, I know I will never be alone in the fire. Standing next to me, there's another in the waters, holding back the seas. Should I ever be in mine? Of how I've been saved There's a cross that bears my bird Where another died for me I know I will never be 
excited to have you here with us this Sunday morning. If you're new with us this morning, we want to connect with you. So go ahead and text CONNECT to the number on your screen and fill out that CONNECT card so that we can get in touch. Something that makes us an amazing church is that we serve together. If you're interested in serving and you want to get some more information, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen so that we can get you involved. Just because worship has ended doesn't mean we have to stop worshiping. One way that we can continue in this amazing time of worship is through giving. We've tried to make this as easy as possible for you, so you can either go to our mobile app or our website to give. Pastor Mike has some amazing things in store from the Word today, and we want to hear what it's all about, so let's head on over. Hey, so glad we could be together around the Word at MVCC this morning. So glad that you're with us. We're in the middle of a series called Dangerous, which I'm really excited about. It's just a study through the letter of Philippians. There's a lot in here that we're going to unpack together. We're going to be in the second chapter, uh, verses 1 through 11. But before we get there, I um, just wanted to ask a, a question. In recent uh, days, we've seen just a wildfire that spreads so fast through the Irvine, uh, Lake Forest, uh, Foothill Ranch, and Portola Hills area. Really scary. 90,000 people were evacuated from their homes. I mean, that's right here in Mission Viejo in our backyard. And I just want to say I'm so thankful that um, so many of you reached out to families that were in need, opening up your homes, uh, taking care of some families. I'm just so excited that uh, you reached out there. But here's the thing that I was listening to from some of the families that were evacuated. They had five minutes, some of them had five minutes to decide what items they were gonna take from their home. What were the most prized possessions? What were the things that were most important to them as they had just moments to flee from their home, not knowing that they would go back to a home? And I got to thinking about that. I've been thinking about that very thing over the past few days. And here's the question that I was asking myself and I ask all of us the same question. If you could choose one virtue of God's character, his nature, who he is. If, if you could only choose one of them, which one would you choose that's the most important to you, the most impactful? Would it be um, his great love for us? I mean, that's awesome. Um, would it be the fact that he did miracles? He was a powerful God, a miraculous God? Yes, without a doubt, awesome. But I think one of the most attractive, most powerful, most intriguing to me 
of all the virtues of God is the attitude and the posture of his humility. I think if we were real um, here, as much as we can be over a camera, or if you're listening to this by podcast, um, I think there's something within every single one of us that wants to elevate self. We want to elevate ourself. We, we want the limelight. We, we want to be known. We want our name to be known. There's something within us, and there's like this tug of war that happens between pride and humility. Pride and lifting myself up and egotism or consider others better than myself and walking in humility. Really, the enemy of humility, which is what I want to talk about today out of this text, and how do we become more humble? The enemy of humility really is pride. It's pride. When I've studied, I've just on this last um, decade of my life, I've been on this quest to study and learn about as many revivals since the Acts 2 Pentecost revival that happened uh, in the Bible. Since then, over 2,000 years, all the revivals. And one of the common things about when God would sweep in and do a revival with either a person or a group of people or a church or a nation, and that nation or group of people or, or that person would become so on fire for God, they would... Their, their obedience went to a new level. Their level of worship went to the highest of heavens. Their, their, their obedience to put away sin and do what is right went to a whole new level. But the one thing that would kill a revival is when someone started taking the credit for what God was doing. When pride would creep in, it would kill a revival. So, in Acts chapter 2, Paul writes for us, um, as for the people of the day, the kind of attitude that he, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit wants us who follow Christ to have. And he says this, Therefore, writing to the people of Philippi, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others, consider others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you should look to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and by, by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I'll be honest, reading those words, and I've read through those words um, many times, I'm sure um, some of us have, um, most of us have who, who um, follow Christ. It's, it's really difficult to put into words um, what Jesus was trying to get across and how much humility plays a role in, in us coming closer to Christ and becoming an example for him in a community of people that is so lost. 
It almost does injustice to give a sermon on this. I would rather like show you by example, or I would rather see someone by example to show us what humility is. I think that's the best way to learn humility and take on that quality is by watching somebody's life. But as much as I can, I, I wanted to teach us here, as I myself am also learning this, how can we be more humble? How can we walk in humility? And how can, when there's an opportunity in life, how can I choose to walk in humility? Question I had was, why, why did Paul write this to the Philippian people? Um, I think there was a whole background story about why he wrote this. Just to back up a little bit in chapter 1 and give some more context, when, when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippian Christians, um, he was so in love with, with Christ that he loved the people. Um, he said things like, I thank my God every time I remember you. I am confident that God will continue to work out what he has in your life. It is right for me to feel this way about you. He says, I pray that your love may abound more and more. So this was really a healthy church. So why is he writing to them about being more humble? It seems like they were already on the track of humility. Well, perhaps, maybe, Paul wrote this to the people of the day, and God is speaking to us today about this very same issue because he did not want them to be overconfident. He did not want them to think, hey, we got it all together, man. We got a great church. We got a healthy church. We're focused on Jesus. We're reaching community of, of people who are lost. We are discipling people. Man, we are on fire. He did not want them to become prideful and lose focus, and therefore they would become overconfident. I think also because, man, the Apostle Paul went through so much uh, persecution as he was following Jesus all, all the days that he did, he knew that persecution was going to come to the Philippian people. Listen, if we are living for Jesus full on, man, I'm not talking about just being religious people. I'm not talking about going to a place to worship God on Sunday morning, as important as that is. I'm talking about really living our life 24-7. My house, my cars, my children, my bank account, everything is Jesus's. And it's all at his disposal. Whatever he wants to do, I'll humble myself and I'll consider somebody else better than I am so that I can help them. That's what God doesn't want the Philippian people to lose. And he knew that persecution might be coming to the church, and he didn't want them to lose focus. And I think that's why he wrote this, because he knew that they were just as susceptible as anyone else to overconfidence, to persecution, and even division from within. Man, if there's one thing that the enemy wants to do is divide and conquer. If he can attack us from within and we start to divide against one another, he will have won. And God, that's why he writes over and over and over again through the pen of the Apostle Paul, I want you to be united of one spirit and one mind. Let's be one team. Let's keep our focus on the game and what winning is. It's getting the ball over the goal line. We've all got to be about the same purpose and that's advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ and we all have a gift. We all have a passion. We all have uh, 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 the way God's uh, made us so that we work together as a team. And he wants us to honor and be humble. He also said, Paul, in another letter, he said in Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Paul knew that unity brought humility and humility brought unity. So in verses 1 to 4, just to reacquaint us, he's, he just says, look, I, I want you, if you have any encouragement, if any comfort, 
Now, when he wrote that, that Greek rendering there actually means, since you have received comfort and love and encouragement. He knew that they received that. And because you received this, I want you to walk in humility. I want you to walk in the ways of Jesus. So this is, again, not something I have to do it. It's a duty. I ought to do this. It's just the right thing to do. Man, we want to walk in humility because God loved us and showed us the way to humility by living it. And we, in turn, want to respond by walking in the same way Jesus did. And that's why he continues on in these verses. And he says, look, I don't want you to be selfish. I mean, it's pretty plain here what he says. It's not really rocket science here. It's not really deep. I don't want you to live a selfish life. That's the way you used to live. We don't want to live like the world lives. We don't want to live the way that we used to live. Now that we've received Christ, we want to walk in humility, putting others first. And it, it, what humility does not mean is less than ourselves. It doesn't mean that we devalue ourselves. It doesn't mean that we have a lesser view of ourselves. We are valuable to God. Jesus, so much so that as he died on a cross, he traded his life for us. You and I are valuable to God. And because we know what he did on the cross and his death and resurrection from the dead, we just want to pattern our life in humility. So this is, this is really it. And going down here in verses 6 through 11, um, basically, Jesus came to earth to save us and he showed us the way to live. So I want you to consider others better than yourself. Now, there's lots of models of humility. If I was to ask you, you know, who in your life could you pick out that really emulates humility? They don't just, you know, do it as an act, but they're humble of heart. They actually choose humility in situations, and it has really made a difference in your life. I mean, I can think of people like Mother Teresa. I, I think of some of the great missionaries uh, over the years that have left everything and, and went to hear and respond to the call of Jesus. And and never got a chance to go back to their families. I mean, incredible humility. But we could pick out all kinds of, of examples. But I think, without a doubt, the best of all is Jesus. That's where Paul was going. Is We not need to keep our eyes focused on people, but we keep our eyes focused on Jesus. He's the standard. He is the example of true, authentic humility. And even in obedience to the Father, Jesus always chose the humble way. So in this second chapter, verses 1 through 11, we see three things that are really important that Paul wanted the Philippians to know. And I think in the same way, it's really good for us to be reminded of these things. Number one is we see Jesus's divinity. We see his humanity. And then thirdly, we see his humility. Without a doubt, the religious community where it was established, it was a religion, it was laws, it was about what was on the outward and not on the inside. This is the world that Jesus was born into. When Jesus came to the earth, um, born into this world through Mary and Joseph, um, immaculate uh, conception by the Holy Spirit. I mean, what an amazing story, the Christmas story, that Jesus came into a world that was very hostile against him. Now, here's, the reason, here's, here's a question. Why in the world was the religious people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish leaders, the chief priests, why were they so hostile and hateful toward Jesus? Is it because Jesus loved everybody? Was it because Jesus forgave people? Was it because Jesus performed miracles in the middle of street, the streets of Jerusalem? I think, without a doubt, it was because Jesus claimed to be God. 
And, and Paul reminds us right here, Jesus is our example. He's God Almighty. He is the Lord. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what we uh, call the Trinity, without a doubt. You know what's interesting? In, in the different snapshots of Jesus' life, I just want to uh, refer to one or two here. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is in a home and he's teaching. He's teaching the gospel. Crowds of people are there. There's some guys down the street from where Jesus was teaching, and they thought, let's take our friend who's been paralyzed for a really long time. Let's take him to Jesus, because we heard that Jesus could do miracles. So they pack everything up. They bring him to Jesus, and as they put him right before Jesus, as he's teaching, Jesus stops everything he's doing. This is so cool. It's all in Mark chapter 2, 1 through 11. He looks at the man, and the first thing he sees is his soul. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Because of the faith that you have, your sins are forgiven. That was the most important thing to Jesus, and it is today. The most important thing to Jesus is your soul. Yes, he cares about our physical life. He cares about even the smallest of things in this world, but eternity is what really matters. So who can forgive sins? but God alone. That's why they're ready to take Jesus out and stone him. I'm, I'm thinking about another um, moment in Jesus's life where there was a crowd of Jewish leaders standing around him and they were listening to him. And Jesus said these words in John 8:58. He said, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham, the very first Jew, and, and Abraham and Sarah, back in the Old Testament, started the race of the Jewish people. Before Abraham was born on a timeline, I am, meaning I lived before Abraham was even born. It's, it's such a wonderful verse because it gives reference to the fact that Jesus is no ordinary person. Jesus was, was not just a good teacher. He was, not a pro, he was not just a prop. Jesus is God in flesh. He is divinity. He is God Almighty on his own. Number two is we see the humanity of Jesus. Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. Colossians 2.9 tells us this. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. John 1.1 reminds us that, And the Word became flesh. God became man to dwell among us. So we know that Jesus, being in the very nature, God in flesh, He also gave us an example of who God is in heaven as Jesus walked the earth with the twelve disciples. And so now He lives within every believer with the Holy Spirit, and He gives us the same insight that the disciples had, not, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual way, we have literally the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, helping us to choose one of the most radical virtues of, of all of God's virtues, and that is walking in humility. The third thing we see is Jesus' humility. Without a doubt, Jesus not only is humble, but he chose humility. It says in chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 of Philippians, that he emptied himself, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself. So question again, what does that mean that he emptied himself? Did he empty himself of all of his deity? I don't see that. That's not what the text is teaching. I, th I think very clearly what the Holy Spirit wants us to know is that he was willing to give up the privileges for a season. While he was on this earth, he gave up the privileges of being God Almighty. Uh, I'll just give an example. I'm thinking about, you know, when Jesus 
hung between heaven and earth on the cross when he was spiked to a cross by the Roman soldiers and they lifted him up on that cross as he was crucified. He could have at that moment called down a hundred million angels. Wouldn't we agree? But he chose not to do that because he knew that the way to salvation for you and me was his sacrifice and his resurrection. One man wrote this about Jesus's humility. When God chose to reveal himself, he did so through a human body. The one that called forth the dead to rise humbled himself. The hand that touched the leper, the feet that the woman wept that were tired and dusty, the tears that flowed from the heart of the Messiah when his heart broke for the people just like our heart breaks. Some people came to him and as they came to him wanting him to simply touch them and be healed. They followed him to the sea. They invited him into their hearts. They placed their children into his arms and yet he chose to come to earth for you and for me. Someone once told me, if you were the only person who ever lived, Jesus Christ loved you so much and he was so humble that he would have come down and died just for you. That changes everything. That, see, that makes me want to walk in humility. It makes me want to live in humility. It makes me want to choose humility in every situation in life. So to wrap this up, what can we do? Well, number one, it's clear that the word is teaching us, don't be selfish. In fact, if I was just taking some notes, I would write that down. Stop living selfishly. I think number two, that's pretty clear is don't live in pride. Choose the humble way out. This week, look for ways to humble yourself. Looking for ways in every opportunity in life. And this is something that as parents, grandparents, and would-be parents, one day, man, what do we want our children to do? We want them to walk with the Lord and know the Lord and to walk with a humble heart. And the best way to do that is not by teaching them. That's important. But it's by living it out. And when we do make a mistake, there's nothing wrong with saying, man, I'm sorry. I, I was in a wrong place. I, I, will you forgive me? I didn't choose the best way out on this one. Will you, will you forgive me? Maybe it's time for some of us just in practical ways to maybe pick up the phone and maybe just tell someone that I'm sorry. Maybe it's over text to just rethink maybe how I had a conversation. It may have been years ago and we choose the humble way out. Someone once taught me, humility always wins. It may not be in that moment, but in the likeness of eternity, humility always wins. You know, when I was, um, last thing I just say here, when I was um, studying to be a pastor and I felt the call of God on my life, um, I went into my pastor's office one day and I said, hey, um, I really like to preach. Do you think maybe I could preach like on a Sunday night at one of our services? And he got up from his desk and he said, come with me. And he motioned with his finger and he, had, and he had me follow him all the way across our campus. He opened up in one of the doorways, a closet door, and he pulled out a carpet cleaner. And he says, what I really need is all these carpets cleaned. And when you're finished, you can let me know. And he walked away. And looking back on that moment, I know what he was doing. He was checking to see if my heart was willing to be humble, not wanting to lift myself up, but simply to consider someone else more important. I, I just want to encourage us to look for ways of humility, look for ways to be humble this week and see what God can do. 
Hey, if you've not been to one of our services, just to let you know, we have outdoor services every Sunday at 10 a.m. We would love to have you. We have children's ministries and so much going on. And uh, we're always here online. You can catch us here. And listen, um, I just want to take a moment and pray for us because I think we all just need a little bit more humility in our life. And we certainly need that uh, in our churches. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you for the example of Christ. Thank you, God, for this amazing man named Paul who wrote these words down that are still timely for us today. We don't want to consider ourselves any better than anyone else. Help us, God, when we walk into a room to not consider ourselves first, but to consider others before ourselves. God, I pray we would live this way. I pray that we would change. Change us. Change me first, God. And we just ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, we'll see you here next week at MVCC.